this diary entry from, uh, yep. from from your diary and from the summer of 2017. Okay, so, so sorry, 2018. 2018. Okay, so, yeah, so I'm, reading, I'm reading straight off a script here. It says, yes. um, and this will provide a, an insight into what from where you went, from where you were to where you've got, from where you ended. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. So here we go. I'd moved to Italy to live and work a year earlier. After a period of hard graft and reacclimatization to civil life, I cracked it. Good job, great paycheck, and all the things that mattered to me on my doorstep. Squared away a great place overlooking one of the Italian lakes. Great Italian mates, great Italian women, gelato. Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. <laughs> Fucking. I can only imagine. Fucking essence. <laughs> Uh, espresso and Italian food, not to mention snow-capped mountains in the far distance and scorching summers to get the body tanned. Fitter than ever, stronger than ever, zero stress and I knew it. Sure, I missed the military, but I'd also made peace with it and forged a new life. After a few weeks of just feeling shit and being in muscular pain, I woke one morning and found that I'd forgotten a lot of seemingly simple things. I'd forgotten where my huge shiny coffee machine was in my kitchen. I struggle to be. It's fucking deep. big. It is big. Okay. Is it one of those? Uh, is it one of those big fancy ones you get in Costa? Yeah, not as big, but like the home version of that. Okay. Right. Like if you put it in your fucking Bergen, like you could go on selection with it. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking heavy. <laughs> right. Uh, I was struggling to read words. For fuck's sake, I once read. I once read and understood Sir Gawain uh, and Green Knight in its original form. Yeah, that's over me. I'm telling you, I don't know what, I don't know what, you know, it's gone straight. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just uh, like old English. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> fuck, man. <clears throat> I was walking like Robocop, tick-tocking like a motherfucker, having to remember which foot went next. Running was a total no-go. As the days progressed, these issues got worse. I returned to the UK in late 2018 to make use of my private medical insurance and went uh, and work out what was happening. I lost my home, my business, and all the infrastructure and new relationships I'd laid down in Italy. What followed was a ping pong from one specialist to another. Fingers up my arse, spinal injections, six months of physical rehab, six months of five different antidepressants, six months of CBT, and 10 plus experts I went cold turkey on meds uh, six, 10 plus experts later I went cold turkey on meds in December 2018 the worst uh, so far month of my life <clears throat> I am no fan of antidepressants at, uh, and at the best of times I'm no fan of antidepressants at the best of times but just don't go to cold turkey nevertheless after clawing at my bedroom wall for 20 odd days, I emerged in January 2019, thinking that there needed to be a better way. I'd been passed clear, free from PTSD and depression by multiple doctors and experts. <clears throat> I didn't have nightmares or flashbacks. What I did have was a constant brain fog, constant pain in my neck and spine and muscles, constant inability to remember anything. I literally burned down my house by leaving pots on the cooker. Fuck yeah, it. no shit. Fuck like, I'd, I'd leave the fridge open. I would, I would get into the shower, have a shower, 
and then walk out of the shower, leaving the shower on. Fuck me. It's, it seems, it's like, seems so stupid, but like, you know, you're not, that's obviously not who you are, like, because you're way more capable than that. Yeah, the, the short-term memory just wasn't there. Yeah. Like, uh, sorry, Carol. And of course, things like childhood memory were evaporating. I couldn't even drive to the local Tesco's, which is three minutes away, without using the sat-nav. As in, I couldn't, re I couldn't remember the fucking way there. After three months of trying now, to... David, just to, uh, just to tell you, it's three minutes away. Yeah. I don't have to turn left or fucking right. It's straight. Fucking insane. Okay, I'm not exaggerating. It's just over three roundabouts, straight. Damn, man. After okay, I was trying to research the problem myself and I've barely nearly taken my own life in complete desperation, I chanced upon the term TBI. From there, I followed a path to US uh, Special Forces soldiers working alongside selected doctors and physicians to treat TBI, traumatic brain injury. And from there, I learned about traumatic brain tra uh, injury, post-traumatic stress, crossover, HBOT, what's that? HBOT, uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Right. So, uh, hyperbaric chamber. It, absolutely. So like uh, we think of divers, they get the bends, they go and sit in the chamber and they get pure oxygen, okay, to, to help with the treatment of the nitrogen that's built up in their bodies. But HBOT as a treatment modality, well, it's good for a lot of things, but it's fucking good for TBI. Yeah. <clears throat> so I learned about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, HBOC, hormone therapy, omega-3 importance, blast wave traumas, etc. I've linked up with American guys and visited the USA a few times now. Two, uh, two British SF um, are also in the same treatment protocols as me. Probably what... Uh, yeah, sorry. And, and, and yeah. That's where, that's, We're talking that, about the endocrine imbalance and returning soldiers. It's really significant. I'm now in the process of trying to rebuild my, uh, uh, my life, my career, and keep the neurological inflammation in my body under control. Damn, man. Listen, when you sent me that email and that was in there, I fucking, I was, it was hard to read. And, you know, it, it really was hard to read. And then, you know, you get to the point where you're literally um, so, so just beat down and you're, at this stage where you're thinking about taking your own life it's like that's when i'm, I'm just like i'm just lost <laughs> like i've never felt like that and i, I just don't i can't sympathize i can sympathize wholeheartedly but i just can't understand it's, yeah um dude it's, it's just complete desperation you're just in complete uh whether you want to call it uh pain your muscles are sore your neck's sore your fucking back is sore and when i say i'm sore it's not like I go to the GP and say, sorry, mate, I'm a bit sore. Can you give me some fucking drugs? Yeah. Okay. Where like most cunts are like at a one out of 10. I'm talking like nine or 10 out of 10. Okay. Um, and I think that for most guys in the military, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit more, but when we go to doctors, they've got to start to fucking realize that when we walk through the door, it's not because we fucking want to. It's because we have reached that level of fucking desperation. Okay. People like us, okay, we're taught to be uncomfortable. We're taught to endure. We're taught to extend our, like, sort of little personal comfort bubble, okay? When we got to the end of that, that means that we're very nearly at fucking 9 or 10 out of 
10 for pain or discomfort or there's a problem we need to address it and i mean we can start talking about it right now i think that that's that's one of the issues with guys who have been in the military or guys who are in the military when they go to doctors whether they are doctors at their units or whether they're doctors you know in civilian life in the nhs in private practice it's just there's no comprehension in the uk well certainly i haven't come across it and if there are those doctors out there fucking come out reach out to us talk to us i want to begin this conversation but at this point i haven't met them okay and i've tried a lot to engage with different guys i've tried to do work clinics i've tried to go and speak to groups of doctors in my local community about it and they just door closed dude so my point would be they've just got to recalibrate when somebody in the fucking SAS or somebody guy in a fucking premier infantry unit walks in, it's probably worth listening to the fucker because he's not there because he just wants to waste some fucking time. You know, that's my, my big point. And I think that we've got to start holding them a little bit more accountable. You know, we, in the military, we've taught to respect people and be polite and be measured and keep our emotions in check, okay? But I think that's got to fucking stop. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you when you when you leave the military, that's when you understand that this nicey nicey, yes sir, no sir, three bags full sir, doesn't fucking work anymore. You need to be you need to be holding yourself accountable. <laughs> and you need to be yeah. holding other people accountable. If you're not getting a service that you fucking you either pay for or you're fucking entitled to, you need to talk up. You need to speak up. And you need to say, look, you're not doing your job. You're not doing a good enough job. I want better. If you don't do better, I'm I'm doing this or I'm doing that or I'm I'm pulling your contract or whatever it might be, you know, not necessarily in terms of doctors, but you definitely need to tell people, you know, if they're if you feel like they're fucking you off, it's not a case of anymore when you're civvy. It's like you know, when you're in the army, it's like oh the MO says you know this or that. Um, what am I going to do? I'm just a lance corporal. Like when you're in a, when you're civvy, there's no rank. You're just fucking all equal. But you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you need to fuck up. You need to fucking hold these people accountable because it infuriates me. When it infuriates me, infuriates me to to hear stories like that, like you're saying that you just kind of get almost like fobbed off. Absolutely, and we'll come to that now. Before before I rant too much, and everybody's like, "Stop fucking ranting, Halliday." Um, let's talk a little bit more about TBI because yeah. people are probably like, "What is this? Yeah. How does it affect? How did it affect me?" You know, how did I get to that stage um, when I when I found the term? So, so TBI is is an acronym, uh, not a military acronym, just an acronym for traumatic brain injury. Now, traumatic brain brain injuries, um, they can take a pretty broad spectrum um, form, and they can be anything from, you know, if you're playing rugby and you get knocked out for thirty seconds, that is a brain injury. You have lost consciousness and you will have a concussion you will have a headache the next day you could fall in the shower if you were an old lady and you slipped in the shower and you whacked your head okay and then you felt like pretty nauseous afterwards and you vomited and you got a headache and you couldn't remember shit okay you could have a car accident and get whiplash okay and for that split second of the whiplash that blood supply with that oxygen stops going to your brain okay you know there are people who say that a stroke it's an acquired brain injury. It's not so much a TBI, but the cascade that happens is similar. You could get a blast wave injury. So 
the, the way to explain it to people is, you know, I think the human ear can hear up to like 180 decibels. Okay, that's like loud. If you can't hear something because it is louder than that, it has become a blast wave now. And a blast wave affects every fucking square inch of your body. It just passes through it. Okay. And it exerts a pretty significant fucking like kilograms or pounds per square inch. I don't have the numbers here, but you know, if you Google it, you'll find out. Um, and all of these types of injuries, knocking your head, car crash, falling off your bike, playing rugby, blast wave, um, getting punched um, in the face or something, causes what's called neural sharing. Okay, your, your brain isn't made out of one single tissue. And all the tissues are, there are a number of different tissues and they have different densities and they move at different rates. Okay, when your head takes a bang, okay, you have this inertia and the brain rocks around inside the skull. The skull on the inside is pretty bony, so the brain gets fucking bruised. Okay, and this is what TBI is. Um, to go back to our notes, just so we, we just, to clarify, you, just to clarify, you, you clearly have the, you've been affected from the blast wave, you know, trauma from that uh, incident in 2009. That's what, that's... Well, well, <laughs> I, I can't like, I can't like swear on a fucking Bible that it's the exact thing. Maybe, you know, it was a couple of concussions before I got to the blast wave trauma. Maybe it was like when I fell off my bike after the blast wave trauma. I don't know the answer to that, but what I'm saying is if I was unconscious for 16 hours and I felt like shit, and I had fucking mechanical invisible damage that meant that my eye and my ear weren't working and I had numbness down my entire right side so that you could like a pin in, in my body, I wouldn't feel it. Yeah. I think that we can assume that yeah. that yeah. was a significant yeah. injury, okay? That at least has contributed to the overall load on the body, okay? So, you know, we wrote in our notes here, and I think if I just go through them, I know it's yeah, of just a little bit noty, but, but just so that people can get this in their minds. Um, TBI, a lot of doctors say, ah, oh, it's difficult to measure. Incorrect. We can measure it, we can predict it, and we can fucking treat it. Okay, and we'll come on to this a little bit later. Inflammation is the real problem, okay? The injury is bad enough, but the injury to the brain just keeps on. There's continuous state of inflammation it just keeps on cascading and it doesn't stop easily naturally we have to intervene okay um 85 of brain injuries are considered mild no pain or maybe just a little bit of a headache but it still hurts you it still creates that cascade that's when you're talking just about like uh let's say you're fighting on the street and you get a punch and you get that blackout like that you know you get yeah yeah carry on talking yeah you get a quick Absolutely. short short hit the head you know, you might, you know, you might say that you get the characteristic of that, oh, a blackout, a blacked out, um, or if you fall and you bang your head and you might get that, or if you're playing rugby and you get a tackle and it's like, you know, you, you, you go in and you hit someone's hip or something, you don't get knocked out, but you get, you know, just like a, a yeah, fucking ears ringing, you, know, you have this like brain fog, making decisions, you feel a bit groggy, you feel drunk. Okay, yes. so my overriding symptoms were I just felt permanently fucking drunk, like somebody just hit me in the head with a lead pole. I couldn't make decisions, I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't speak easily. At the end of this, I will be monumentally tired. Okay, 
you know, that's just a fact of life now. Um, because, you know, thinking, using your brain requires huge energy, mitochondrial, cellular function, all that sort of stuff. And, and the mind's a little bit damaged now. So absolutely, it's like hitting somebody's hip. It's like, you know, when you're a kid and you hit the ground and you're doing, you're like, oh, fuck. And I've got like a bruise on my head. But on the inside, you've got this like dull ache. Same thing. Um, we talked about the neural sharing, okay, and the bruising. Um, but this inflammation, what we haven't talked about is this inflammation starts to affect brain chemistry. And when we talk about brain chemistry, we're talking about hormonal cascades, okay? And now we start talking about things in guys, and in women, it'll be different for women, but I'm going to talk about from guys. Um, guys, we start looking at big problems with testosterone and with growth hormone. Now, those are one of many in a really long fucking line of hormones. And there are precursor hormones, pregnenolone, cholesterol, you know, sort of follicle stimulating, luteinizing hormone, all these sort of things. I, I'm not enough of an expert to speak very freely on it. But what I will tell you is that once you get an intervention or an interruption in that cascade, the ship just rolls down the hill and it starts creating dysfunctions. Okay. Well, one of the, um, one of the, things, that, one of the things that I picked out from your uh, testimony is that this this has been this disruption to your your cognitive cognitive function has been has led to decisions. Um, yeah. So 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 when I look back on it now. Yeah, yeah. When I look back on it now, there were a lot of red flags that I didn't like pick up on. So, if I go back to the end of my military career, like 2012, 2013, dude, I was fucking angry. Like, my jocks will tell you, like, I was an aggressive guy in combat, but they'll probably also tell you that I was pretty chilled out away from it, and um, I was I was relaxed about certain things, and I was like when we went green or when we went into the field, then I became a little bit more like, this is where we need to do shit. But I was pretty like chilled out and relaxed. I don't know, you know, they'll tell, call in, you know, say, say how it is. But um, in 2013, dude, I was just like raging at everything. And, and what a lot of people don't know is that in my last six months at the fort, I never went to work. Okay, I never went to work. I stayed in my room, woke up maybe about 11, 12 o'clock, went out, did some of my own fizz, went to Tesco's, came back, ate like ready-made foods in my room for what six months. What job were you doing at that time? Huh? What job were you doing at that time? Oh, uh, I was supposed to be an FSG commander, but there wasn't really much of an FSG. Yeah. There were a lot of things happening at that point, and there was... I can criticize lots of things, but I don't think that the fort was operating number one, uh, very well, number one. But number two, I just lost my shit, okay? And so eventually one day the adjutant walked up to me as I was going to Tesco's to do my, you know, go and get my ready meal. And he was like, where the fuck you been? And I just lost my shit on him in front of BHQ, in front of the fucking jocks. Fucking complete and utter fucking meltdown. And he was like, 48 hours, out of here. Nothing more will be said. So it was like a Thursday evening. I think I had my room packed by Friday. Drove one day south, dropped my stuff off into an ISO container storage. Drove 
the van back, picked up my car, and I was out of there on Monday morning. So, you know, there was no, there was no like leaving dude, leaving present, saying goodbye to people or anything like that. Fuck, man. But, but the, the other take home is that no one came and asked where the fuck I was for six months. What the fuck? Okay, so 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 then we've got to talk about like support structures, and I'm not going to criticize anybody. It was a very weird time for a lot of other reasons, but as an organization, as people, you, me, Simo, you know, anybody else out there, we've got to look after each other because the system is not going to fucking do it for us. Um, but, you know, that's my piece on that. Yeah. So yeah, I was getting really cross, and then when I transitioned into civilian life. Like, I used to lose my shit like that. Like, I destroyed kitchens. I was living in Spain, working, running a hotel. Fucking destroyed the house one night in front of a brand new girlfriend. She hadn't even pissed me off. I was just pissed off. Ooh. Um, and these sorts of things kept on repeating up until the mega meltdown in Italy that we've, we, we've spoken about. Yeah. So, um, other things. Um, Dude, I couldn't get a heart on. <laughs> like, I know in my fucking head that I love chicks and I love tits. And I fucking love pussy, especially shaven pussy, okay? <laughs> and I love fucking... How do, how do the Zaitai girls have it? Fucking... Oh, the, the Italians are pretty squared away, dude. Like, oh, really? They, they, they know how to, like, like add that. Yeah, they're um, on in my head, I know all of these things, but the cock's just not working and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I just run away from the problem. Like 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. 2017, like there's fucking no sex life. So you're, okay? building, you're, building, you're building month by month, year by year, it's building worse and worse and worse and worse. It's getting worse and worse. And, and I'm still doing fizz and I'm fit and I'm healthy, but brother, I am fucking in agony, yeah? I don't recover, I'm having like ice baths because my muscles are just like so fucking sore. I'm just not recovering, okay? And, um, you know, I've got poor digestion, sore muscles, can't get a hard on, I'm angry. Um, am I depressed? I don't think I'm depressed, but I'm just like, I'm struggling to see the positives, okay? I'm just feeling very angry and negative about anything. And then that creates this anxiety. You're like, where the fuck is the paycheck coming from? How am I going to keep the fucking bank manager, you know, at bay, et cetera, et cetera. And it just snowballs yeah. after them. Um, and I suppose the, the, the place to go to next is, you know, how was I received by the medical community and, and, and what path did we go around? Um, the short answer to that is I don't think I was very well received at all. And this is not me on a crusade to say, I don't want to be taken seriously. Don't give a shit about that. I'm just, I don't want other people to go down that path because fucking, number one, it's raped me of personal cash, okay? It's made me frustrated. It's isolated me. And we've gone down a lot of fucking wrong, you know, sort of uh, roads. Um, so... I think the best place to start off with is um, at the end of all of that, 
I met up with this guy called Andrew Ma, who's a Green Beret or ex-Green Berets in the States. He runs a, a charity there that treats guys uh, who's struggling with TBI. And that kind of just opened my, my world because suddenly guys who had exactly the same symptoms as me were being treated, they were being taken seriously, and importantly, they were recovering. And in the course of conversing with him, okay, and this leads on to my own and your own experiences with doctors, he was like, these fuckers just, you know, they just would not believe what I was telling them. So Ma tells a story of how he goes into his first GP and the GP goes, you don't have low testosterone. You just want me to give you testosterone because you're going to use it to bodybuild. Now, Andrew Ma's fucking huge. He's a giant. Okay. It's full of tattoos. Um, so I can see how that, you know, that stereotype carries over. But the guy could show on a blood test that he didn't have any functional fucking testosterone or growth hormone. And so he then just bounces from doctor to doctor to doctor who says the same thing. And then that links into my own experience, which is I saw like 10, 15 different guys, okay, spend fortunes on them. And at the end of that, the guys that I was going to see, they'd say, why are you here? And I'd say, because well, I've been here, I've been here, I've been here, I've been here, but we fucking solved nothing. And their thing was, well, if you've seen so many guys, there can't be anything possibly wrong. You're just making this up for fucking attention seeking. Yeah. And of course, that was just like a red flag to me. I was like, what the fuck? Um, I didn't hit any, but you know, I was just like fucking raging. Um, I went into one guy and I I got told that because I had a beard, okay, fucking black beard, that there was no way that I could have low testosterone. I was like, mate, did you, if you see me at 18, I had fucking hair everywhere on my body, brother. Okay. Like I was growing hair at fucking 10. Um, I'm not sure that that's really, you know, a responsible or an accurate thing. This is what I was talking about. to hold these fuckers accountable. Get the bloods drawn. Let me see the fucking results. Correct. Exactly. And now you've got your own. You know, you go to doctors yeah. and then. Yeah, I mean, I'll put the link in the in the video description about the, <laughs> the Andrew Mars experience on the, on the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. I'll, I'll link both of both of those. But yeah, like uh, I mean. I was talking to Kelly today about this. I'm a guy on seniors. At the weekend, I'm doing two fucking uh, selection routes on a, over the weekend. So I'm doing one on a Saturday, one on a Sunday. And then I'm going back on seniors exercise Monday to Friday. And I'm doing that for five weeks. I come off with an injury. I try and do it myself. I try and rehab myself. I try and fix myself. I don't go sick until January. And this is August, September. I don't go sick until yeah. January. I come back off Christmas leave. I take three weeks, like mild, um, mild fizz to try and fucking fix myself. I come back off Christmas leave, and the first thing I'm doing is a company two miler uh, on concrete, and my knees are. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, right, fuck it, I'll do it, no problem whatsoever. Just like everyone else. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. it's a piss. I'll crack on. Um, yeah. About a half mile in, you know, got about a mile in, I was like second out the out the company. And I get to the stage where it's just so sore. I'm like, fuck this. I'm fucking done with it. So then I say, right, you know, it's the old standard. I'll get the guys at the back. You carry on. I'll get the guys at the back. I gave it that whole <laughs> spiel. And then as soon as I came off that and I went straight to the med center, I was like, look, I've got a problem. Like, my knees are fucked. 
Um, and then, <clears throat> long story short, um, month, a couple of months later, three or four months later, I'd been done with a, a bunch of discipline stuff that, that had happened separately and I spoke to Simo about in the last podcast. Um, but anyway, the doctor had said, oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with him. Um, he's just blaming that. He's just blaming the, he's just using this injury um, to deter from the fact that he's been in, in discipline problems. And, you know, and he's probably just a little bit, you know, he's not doing too good mentally. And he's probably just using this to lean on to get away from the fact that he's tarnished his name in the battalion that went to that went bypassed me it went straight to my company sergeant major from the doctor and then he my, obviously sergeant major and me were like pally we were like on on level terms he came straight to me he's like what the fuck's going on like like are you injured or not i'm like what are you talking about it's like of course i'm injured he's like well the doctor just told me that he, he thinks you're playing on it just because you, you've been in, in yeah, this I'm like, look, I'm meant to be on fucking selection in January. I'm, I've just done all this sort of shit in the past six months. I'd spent the whole past year training in Cyprus. I went on fucking seniors, done all this stuff on my own, tried to rehab and fix the injury myself to then go on seniors, uh, on, on selection, sorry, and then had to pull out myself. No one's done any of this. I'm not told anyone else. And now, you, now it's all because of a fucking discipline drama. Like, that does not make sense. Like you were saying earlier on, like, if you're motivated, these guys, you just don't go sick. You don't tell people yeah, you're injured. Right. And, and, and it's the same it's, it, it, it was yeah. the same with you. Yeah, and I, I don't want this to become too much of a, a shimfall, like a, a wind joint thing. And yeah. I, I want to get on to more of the things that are actionable that the guys can talk about. But I'll just finish that off and say, so there was the question of my beard. And then there was a neurologist I went to, and he's, his first, his opening line, I hadn't even said, like, this is why I've come to see you, was he said, hi there, I can only help two-thirds of people who come through that door. Okay, where the fuck do you go with that? And then by another one, he said, no, the reason that you're suffering all these symptoms is that basically what you've achieved in life, you weren't really supposed to achieve, and now you're just disappointed by it. I'm like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Like, you don't even know me from fucking Adam. So whatever. My, my point is that I don't think doctors are doing enough and there is this them and us um, uh, mentality. There's this sort of head in the sand from the doctors. Um, but what I'm asking about, there's some actions that we can take that allow us to see whether we do have a TBI, okay? If there hasn't been like a very obvious reason for it, like being unconscious for 16 hours or something like that um, and things to look for so the guys can go off and you know start investigating investigating uh, for themselves so um, it's difficult for me to say whether doctors are aware of you know the extent of PTSD head traumas the crossover between the two I don't really care okay anymore I'd never win that fight I'd never be able to convince the NHS or the medical community, yes, there is. So my point is just to go straight to the guys and let the sort of the free market economy um, you know, work. Um, how have I been treated across in the States? Well, we did my bloods and we found that I didn't have any testosterone. That's not good news for a guy who's like four years old and is pretty active. Didn't have any growth hormone, didn't have any vitamin D, um, didn't have any zinc, didn't have any pregnenolone, didn't have any progesterone, 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My endocrine system was what they would call massively disrupted. Okay, so what we've done is we've started introducing those back to my system. So I take things like DHE, pregnenolone. Um, I take testosterone injections. I take a growth hormone like, uh, like um, stimulant, okay, to stimulate the body to produce a little bit more. And I take vitamin Bs, they're massive neuro anti inflammatories. And I take a thing called an N acetylcysteine NAC, okay, which is again massive uh, anti inflammatory. They use it in ERs for guys who've overdosed or something like that, okay. It's a very good, fast acting anti inflammatory for the head, okay. And slowly through the months, we've started to raise those levels so they start to get into what is called the normal range, okay. And once we get into the normal range, we start to see what that person feels like. Okay. And if they're feeling good, then we try and keep it at that level. Okay. Um, very moderated. It's very controlled. Okay. And it's very progressive. It's not like Russian fucking weightlifter, like here, have the whole fucking 10 liters of testosterone, go yeah. and weightlift a fucking cow. Okay. I'm just taking what is considered within the normal amount for a male every week okay how are you um so obviously you went to america and you met with uh, dr gordon and and, and mark yeah how are you yeah. then working that that prognosis you got over there how are you working that into the, the NHL? Well, well i i can't i can't because i haven't met anybody here who's willing to take on that fight so i have to go and the same with the the sas guys we just fly over fly backwards and forwards and do transatlantic which is not fucking ideal and it costs yeah okay it's not sustainable long term it's not going to be sustainable um for a jock who's fucking homeless and his world's fucking imploding now i don't have the solutions for that but what i am saying is we do have access to vitamin b's we do have access to vitamin d's and we do have access to another thing called omega-3s okay and it's time that we start having the conversation with doctors. And I think that TRT is becoming a little bit more mainstream in the UK now. People are starting to recognize that alongside HRT for the women, this is a real thing affecting guys, civilians, soldiers, et cetera, et cetera. Just, you know, now, just, to, just to highlight that, that's TRT is t testosterone replacement therapy and HRT is, um, what's the hit? For the chicks, it's the, it's the estrogen for the, for the women. Yeah. yeah. They're called HRT, hormone replacement, hormone. traditionally associated with the women, TRT. Both men and women have testosterone and estrogen in, in different amounts in our bodies, okay? Um, and sometimes women even need a little bit more testosterone, okay? It just depends on what their particular situation is. But in my situation, I need some of the fucking testosterone. Mars the same. And they've done studies, and they're, they're showing that of returning SF guys in the States, they're getting like 60% of the guys return from an operation and their endocrine systems are fucked. Okay. Now, is that due to blast waves? Is that due to toxic exposures? Is that due to chronic stress? I don't know. They need to go and do the research. But the bottom line is we're struggling with testosterone, growth hormone, and a whole cascade. Okay. I, I can't stress that enough. There's a whole cascade that we've got to try and, you know, sort of moderate. Okay. Um, all of these guys are coming back fucked. So are you telling me that a guy who's been through fucking SEAL training or he's been on selection and you suddenly can't push out 20 press-ups 
that he shouldn't ever have got there, and he shouldn't have ever achieved that. Why has it just happened like that? We've got to start researching those things, the toxic exposure, the blast waves, the chronic stress, and start asking ourselves, how do we mitigate against those? Because it's fucking us up, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of research that's been done. And you know, I, I guide the guys to the Hunt7 uh, Foundation in the States, which is a group of doctors, um, and, and they're doing a lot of work on the toxic exposures and the TBI. Um, and they're starting to publish really good scientific quantitative analyses of what is happening um, you know, in modern day soldiering. So um, we, we talked about the biomarkers, the, the need to get the blood. Let, uh, let me just jump in there real quick. Like, um, this stuff is available on NHS, but like you've mentioned, trying to convince an NHS doctor to prescribe you it is probably going to be tough. But if you get the right doctor, it might be a course, uh, yes, procedure yeah, that he, you know, he's going and, to, and the, guys gonna to, the guys are going to have to push hard. Yes, yes, yes. It that, is a that's my point. Push hard, yeah. educate the doctor. If he's never, if he's not aware of, you know, all these different things that can happen because of TBI, maybe even just book a, a 10 minute appointment, sit in there and say, look, I've done my research. This is what's happened to these, these guys. Can I please have my bloods checked to, to check my levels? Um, and then see where we're at. And, and if I need replacement stuff, then can, is it possible? Just have that discussion with the doctor because it is available in the NHS, but like you said, it's very hard to get signed off on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, again, sorry, I, I forgot to mention this. Some of the other things that happened to me in amongst all the other symptoms was, um, you know, you talked about like drink driving. I talk about crying. Dude, in 2018, every single fucking day i would cry but i wouldn't cry like a fucking little girl okay just a few like tears and shit like that dude i'd be wailing like a fucking mexican fucking drug cartel guy was sawing my fucking arm or foot off okay like the neighbors here um because I, I i'm back living with my family my my parents my seven year old parents they're like what the fuck has happened the whole world's just imploded. Um, the neighbors that live next to us, it's just a small little, you know, sort of semi-detached house. They're like, what the fuck is going on in this guy's world? So I'd just be crying for no reason. Yeah. Nobody would upset. Just nothing, just boom. Okay, so you'd be crying. Um, there'd be like really, um, there'd be no impulse control. Okay. Um, and uh, you'd start to get massive anxiety and then culminating in panic attacks. Okay. And when I went and saw Doc Gordon in the States, he was like, yeah. And he started talking about what he calls atypical depression, where you can't treat what's happening, whether you're anxious, whether you're depressed, et cetera, et cetera, because you're not addressing through those, like using pharmaceuticals, you're not addressing the huge inflammation that's fucking running through your, your brain and your body. Okay. And so guys aren't getting better. They're just becoming medicated. And isolated they just live in a fucking don't look left don't look right people forget about them for the next 30 fucking years gone disappear problem never existed okay because they just live inside their house okay so if guys are listening to this and it's relevant that's relevant to them or to their mates fucking go and fight their um their corner please um maybe some people will say that's irresponsible of me I think we need to look after each other. 
you know, don't like assault any <laughs> doctors or policemen. <laughs> okay. I've been there, done it, not the doctors, but the police, two different countries. Sure, quite proud of myself on one level for that, but we shouldn't be doing that. Okay. Don't fucking do that. I'll fucking come and fuck you up myself. <laughs> if any of my docs think of doing that, I'll fucking come and fuck you up now, even now. There's still a little bit of fight there. But we need to we need to fight the yeah. the guy's corner. Okay. So if it ever is happening, if there are these symptoms, let's get that guy in front of a doctor and let's start having these conversations. Yeah. Um yeah. What else? Uh, the people likely to, you know, we, we talked about how it affects everybody, man. It affects the military, it affects athletes. You know, we talk about NFL football players. You know, you, you hit me with a whole lot of facts about, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's. In guys who are like 35 or 40 years old, and they're becoming like 15, 20 times more likely to develop these conditions, like because they keep on taking the head traumas, you know, when they spare each other in, in, in the tackling. Yeah, so in, um, my, in, my research, in my research for this, so, this might be more prevalent if you're UK-based and you're watching this, but even if you're, if you're doing any sort of contact sport and you're watching this, <clears throat> a fact that I, um, I pulled from a study was that in American football players, if you're, if you're diagnosed with one concussion or if you receive one concussion, you're 19 times more likely to develop Alzheimer's between the ages of 30 and 40. So that's between the ages of me and you, and we're both younger, younger guys. Like Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's, it's fucking insane. Uh, yeah, exactly. that's, that's solely because of the inflammatory uh, issues that, that come from that trauma, TBI. Yeah, and, and I'm tired of going to fucking doctors who tell me, you're 40 years old. Face it, you're old. Fuck you, I'm not fucking old, okay? I'm not living the next 40 years of my fucking life feeling like this. Unacceptable, okay? Um, so that's my kind of like bit on that. Um, often leads you know, to, the, to the CT and to the PTS. So I don't like talking about PTSD. I don't think it's a disorder. I think it's something that's acquired through an actual physical situation existing in our heads, in our bodies, that inflammatory process. It's a syndrome that we need to fucking get out of, that, that post-traumatic stress. Um, depression, suicide, mood swings, insomnia. Dude, I couldn't sleep, okay? I went from always sleeping a solid eight okay to not being able to sleep not like over weeks or months or years like over days yeah. okay poor decision making i've never made so many bad decisions in my life as i've made in the last two years okay um yeah so you know you mentioned also um you talk about the veterans in jail in the US, probably as a result of, I think there are over a million in the US in jail ex-veterans, probably through bad decision-making, probably through substance abuse because they were having such a fucking tough time. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, going on. that's the impact, the social impact that these things, you know, create, you know, if you're living with this sort of shit and you are, you know, you're living in turmoil, you're gonna, you're gonna call, uh, make bad decisions because of your brain chemistry, because all your, because you're, you're you're not firing on the right signal. And then in oh, it's the criminal activity, uh, you end up in yeah. jail. And it can be solved with anti-inflammatories and you know, getting your hormones tested and fixed. Absolutely, absolutely. And, 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 and I think the thing that people are gonna, uh, gonna understand is that you could face a lifetime of antidepressants, like the next 25 or 30 years, and the associated costs 
to the state, to the individual, I don't care who's paying, somebody's paying. Or you could reduce this information and maybe in two or three years come off that, yep. which is gonna be fucking cheaper. I'll take the three years, please, okay? And get my life back, become a productive member of society, start working, go to shops, act like a normal person, support my economy, support my family, et cetera, et cetera. I'll take the fucking three years, please. That's my, you know, uh, that's my view on it. And I think that that leads then into, you know, effects on family. And this has, for my family, and I'm sure it's for many families or wives or children, has been fucking brutal. Like, I had a good relationship with my family, my immediate family, like a really good relationship. It is completely and utterly fucking destroyed. Okay? To the extent that it's difficult for us to look at each other face to face, eyeball to eyeball, okay? And that fucking hurts when family is important to you, okay? And it doesn't matter if I say sorry now. It doesn't matter if I have a couple of good days and get it right and do something nice because the damage is done. Three or two and a half years of fucking damage have been done, okay? And so, you know, my, my take home is, or, you know, my reaching out to people is, I know that it is fucking hard. <laughs> you might not be in a good place as the person suffering, but look after your wife, look after your fucking kids, look after your mum and your dad, because they are dying on the inside because they don't know what, they can't see anything. This yeah. is an invisible injury, okay? And when they come with you to the doctors and the doctors just write you off and say, you're some fucking freak, and you've got your 70 year old mother who's already had two strokes, <laughs> okay? So every day is a bit of a challenge. And they're telling her that her son, the guy that she was mega proud of, is like a fucking fruitcake. That just destroys everything. And everything is downhill from there. So I just say to the guys, I know that you're fucking struggling. But hold your family really close. And even if it's super tough, just do something good for them once a day. Just to let them know that you're still in there. Okay? And or if, you know, if someone someone's family is watching this and they, they, they might be thinking, oh, maybe my son or maybe my brother or maybe my dad is suffering from this. Like, just remember that this is, a, you know, this, is, this isn't their attitude that they want to be doing this. It's their attitude that they're having to live because of the imbalances in their body. They've been forced to make exactly. these decisions and wrong behaviours. And, you know, even if it's a it's, it's, it's just it's, behaviour they don't have a control over. Yeah, it's not like having a sore knee or sore ankle. You fundamentally aren't able to function or make the decisions or control how you act, okay? Because we've got this massive imbalance, okay? Um, you know, we, 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 we talked about public awareness, you know? Would they care? Would it be supported? My take home now, and this becomes a little bit startling, but we need to talk about this, is that... Um, I don't believe that the MOD, at least, or even the NHS, or even the British government, okay? And if they do, again, fucking come on your next podcast and tell me I'm wrong, okay? But I don't think that they have a record of veterans' welfare, okay? What do I mean by that? I don't think they know how many veterans are homeless. I don't think they know how many veterans commit suicide. How do I know that? Because coroners don't record suicides and go, was this guy in the military? It's just not a recordable thing. Okay? Yeah. So we have no idea. So like in the States, 
they, they say that it's like 22 veterans kill themselves a day, okay? So like a couple of years ago, when I heard about this, I was like, fuck, I better start doing 22 press-ups each day for these fuckers, okay? And that became like a vehicle for me to get back into doing some fits. But I didn't even know if we've got figures for that. And some private charities will tell you there are 50 guys, there are 100 guys. You speak to some excess XSF guys and they say, oh, it's about 250 a year. We don't know because we don't record it. Okay. And so I think that as an organization or as veterans, we need to start either pushing organizations to record this information or we need to do it ourselves. I don't, I don't, I don't have the master plan, but we need to be aware of this. Okay. And I, I think, think that means that the as well. I think just in wider society, just an overall awareness in, throughout society. Yeah, but, but, I, but I, and again, I'm going to piss off people who are going to watch and who are from wider society and say, yes, I support the military. I'm not saying that you don't support us, but I think that in general, okay, we're not supported as a military like you might be in the States. Like I remember going to the States when I was still with the battalion. Dude, I got fucking free beers, free burgers, free admittance. Like, thank you, sir. Thank you for your fucking service. Okay. When I was at, at Birmingham New Street, uh, having come out of Selly Oak and then fixed me up and I was getting on a train to fucking go home, I had people fucking spitting on my uniform. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Why does society need to understand it? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that why does society... Deal with some shit. They've either got too much Instagram or too much fucking celebrity love fuck island or whatever it is. Um, and because we're a small organization, you know, we're, a we're an army of what, just on 80,000. And of that, the tea farms are probably only about 20,000. So we're a very small portion of, of society. I just don't think we have that exposure. And there's nobody out there beating the drum. Um, when guys were coming back without arms and legs, we had good work by helpful heroes and walking with the wounded. But since guys aren't coming back routinely and aren't coming back in coffins, their public exposure has just got a lot smaller. Okay? And that's just the reality of being a charity. And the charity is dependent on social outpourings. And now society is like fucking Corona crazy, Brexit crazy, fucking Boris Johnson crazy, fucking everything crazy, but not military crazy. Okay. Um, I don't have a solution to that, but I do think that as veterans, we've got to, we've got to work uh, more impactfully together. And what I mean by that, rehabbing each other, we need to do something. Working together in business. Let's not be afraid to go out there and say, I'm a veteran-owned business. Come and do business with me. Let me link in with this. Let me link in with that. Royal Marines doing something, you know, they've got lots of guys that come out. We've got guys on fucking SAS dares, you know, who dares wins, et cetera, et cetera. And they're all running successful businesses. Kudos to them. But let's, as a veteran community, start to get that brotherhood operating again, like on a bigger scale where we're able to look after each other, do business with each other and, you know, just provide for our families as we go forward into the next 20 or 30 years would be my take on it. Um, right, so obviously this is, this is something that can actually be identified and it can be measured and it can be treated, right? Could be, yeah. When, you talk, when we're talking in, in facts like that, it, it's not something that you can just pull out the wheel and say, oh, I've got fucking TBI, whatever. It, like, 
during my research, I understood that it can't be faked. And you, you've, you've mentioned to me there that if you take a, a simple analysis of, of, of someone's blood, the biomarkers in that blood will tell you if there's an issue or not. Well, the biomarkers will tell you whether there's an issue, whether something's out of balance. But then it's up to the endocrinologist, the guy who looks after hormones, okay, right. to measure those against the symptoms. So when you say, I've got muscular pain, I can't sleep, I can't get a heart on, he's like, well, I can see why you might not be able to have that because you've got no testosterone. You've got no growth hormone, okay? You're completely out of whack. You're 35 years old. You're 25 years old. This should not be a problem. You should be fucking like 10 men every single Friday night, okay? And then banging out some fizz the next morning, eating like fucking three steaks and repeating it on Sunday just for fucking measure, yeah. okay? So you, you've got to take the bloods in combination with the symptoms. And that's where the doctor, he, she, <laughs> earns their crust. My point is I don't think that they are earning their crust because they're not doing the diagnostics at source properly. And that's what we've got to insist upon as we go forward. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think it can be faked. And I don't think that anybody in their right fucking minds would want to lose their house, lose their business, lose their girlfriends, eBay, everything that they fucking own. <laughs> I've done it to make some money. Yeah. Okay. Why would I fucking do that? Okay. Why would Andrew Marr do that? Why would 100 SEALs do that? Why would two SAS with fucking conspicuous gallantry crosses do it? Are we all fucking weirdos? I don't think so. Maybe one or two of us are. Maybe I'm a bit of a weirdo. Impulsive behavior. Yeah, I don't think that all of us are like suddenly all reporting the same stuff, having never spoken to each other before all having very similar bloods. I don't think we all like just chucking our lives away. So uh, no, I don't think it can be faked. And if you do the diagnostics right, then the diagnostics should back that up. Um, you know, you asked me, what's the answer? And we, we've talked on that a little bit more. It's the nutraceutical replenishment, the vitamin Bs, the vitamin Ds, the zincs. Zinc's massively important for us guys. Okay. It's good for fucking boners. Um, jocks. I don't want you going eating a fucking kilogram of it now, but go to the doctor and say, Doc, do I have low vitamin D? Do I have low fucking zinc? Yeah, let's be oh, a little bit Give me some zinc. I need some zinc. In um, yeah, um, you know, eat some fucking oysters. Um, you know, and then you gotta and then you gotta put that together with the the TRT or HRT if you're a, if you're a woman and you're feeling you know that this is relevant to you as well. Um, so, I think that those are part of the the um for me um also just simple things traditional things getting out getting in the sunshine doing furs for me getting in the water i know this sounds fucking strange but getting in the water snorkeling diving swimming was just like a really earthing experience and i know that sounds a little bit holistic and bullshit like that but it just takes you out of the environment which you've been struggling in for the last couple of years and gives you a different sensation I really enjoyed that. Um, get reading again. You spoke about this uh, with other Wardy or Simmons saying, you know, you try and read every, every day for 30 minutes. Fucking do I don't Hold on. care. Whether it's like fucking five or to keep that brain operating, okay? Um, so do stuff like that. Um, 
challenge yourself in whatever small way uh, every day. So, you know, at the moment, uh, chronication, can't get to the gym, starting to get really fucking bored of, you know, just dumbbells and kettlebells outside of my garden that you saw me in earlier. Okay, I got a fucking barbell around, everybody decided they go barbell fucking crazy. And I was too late to, to that party. Um, so that's gonna change things up. But, you know, I've been on the smashing out 50 press-ups in a single go, you know. Yeah. Um, just do something, just a small little attainable things. Um, you know, um, how's my own recovery been? The first three months didn't really see much of a change, um, but the next six months, suddenly I went exponentially up. And I'm not perfect. Every day is a, is a challenge. But the difference is I'm not taking myself off to the forest here with a razor blade and thinking, hmm, let's, uh, let's see how sharp that razor blade is. Okay, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about That's how right. can I start a, start a business? How can I leave the family home? Yeah. Um, how can I, you know, where am I going to be in the next year? I wasn't thinking that two years ago. Um, awesome, awesome. So it's going to be at different rates for different people. So, sorry, say that again. That, that's fucking awesome to hear about. Like, yeah, yeah. It's going to be at different rates, different rates for different guys, and we'll all have our ups and our downs. But I think that what we'll find is we'll have more level periods. We'll go down, but then we'll have a slightly longer period of level, and then we'll might go up a little bit, and then we'll come down. It's about rebalancing creating what's called homeostasis which is the balance in the body that is the big thing that's been um, disrupted now you know you said here you wrote in the notes before we did the thing and I, I don't want to I don't want to bore guys anymore I think that there's a hell of a lot there already for them to take on board and they can either re-listen to it but I just wanted to pick a, a couple of points before we before we close out or before you want to come up with your closing points but you put in there in fucking capitals which is good, I can read it. Be fucking ruthless with the doctors. Be polite, but be ruthless would be, you know, my thing. I wasn't ruthless at the start, okay? And I got behind the, behind the power curve. Um, and I also missed my own red flags. I didn't, I didn't respond to my own red flags. So respond to the own red flags, but be fucking ruthless um, with uh, the docs. And let's drive the narrative so that it's less big pharma antidepressant based which just masks tons of shit and it's driving it to inflammation and getting inflammation under control and there are lots of really good scientific papers out there now and i don't want to like bore the guys with it but they're coming out in big publications where some of these antidepressants have been shown to like not really have much of an effect or as soon as you go off them you relapse within a couple of months okay and you're and you're even worse the second time okay so let's start driving the narrative about let's get this information under control and let's see as a treatment protocol what that gives us in terms of improvement of quality of life and what it gives us in terms of outcome you know like the doctor will always say well this is going to be the improvement this is going to be the outcome you know are we going to get short term are we going to get long term change let's go and explore that but this, this um, uh, inflammation, this chronic inflammation. Um, you put in, they did some research and you talked about the hormone adjustment being overwhelmingly positive. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I think it is positive. I don't like wake up every day and go like, oh, I feel 100%, 100 times better. But I was able to do 50 press-ups just before coming on um, this call with you. And uh, it hasn't been a perfect day. But a year and a half ago, brother, I do three and collapse, utterly fucking exhausted. Like I wouldn't be able to get myself off the fucking floor. So it's an improvement. It is a tangible, measurable improvement. No, I don't feel like I was eight, like I'm 18 anymore. I'm just smashing them out willy-nilly. Um, but it's a big improvement to where I was 18 months ago. And that's what I've got to keep in the back of my mind. Um, and do you feel that like you've got, do you feel that like you've got, more of yourself back do you feel like you've got more drive do you feel like you're more enthused do you feel like you're i've got i've got i've got i've got my ability to read and my ability to reason or think critically back i don't get lost i go to tesco's okay, when i go for a walk yeah um that's so individual specifics so that's to you only but the fact that you've got that back you know and you can do the press-ups there's vast amounts of improvement there from where you were Absolutely. And I'm not doing it fucking smacked off my fucking face on fucking diazepam and citolopram and esitolopram and amitriptyline and all sorts of shit like that. I'm not like swallowing like 24 neurofen a day like I was. Okay. All of those improvements are not on that, that, that pharmaceutical regime. They're on something completely different. Um, so, you know, what can we do go going forward? Um, you know, Again, I don't know how we would do this, but if you could take the baseline for soldiers when they enter training, because training accidents happen, and use that as the baseline going forward that you could always refer back to, that might be a really good policy as an organization, the army, the MOD, that we could do, because then we've got something that's, this is the, perf this is the person, all bright, shiny, perfect, okay? This is what the reading is. If it goes below that, we know we've got to fucking get them back up. Okay, so if they could do that, and it's just a simple blood test, that would be fucking great. Um, it's kind of like audio testing. You test your ears, okay, when you join. Are you? Do you have asthma when you join? If you don't have, if you have asthma badly, sorry, don't want you. Okay, if they test your ears, why don't they test your bloods? And that method, that, that method could be as simple as saying, right. We've tested your bloods six months after your last test, which was perfect. Right now, you're a little, a little low on, you know, vitamin D or whatever. What we're going to do is we're going to give you some vitamin, uh, vitamin D tablets to supplement yeah. that for six months. Come back in six months and we'll retest you and yeah. we'll see where you're at. And if we retest again and you're deficient in something else or you're perfectly fine, keep taking the tablets or don't take them, whatever the doctor says. But it, it seems like it's so easy. The answer to this is so easy. It's... Uh, it's here's the baseline don't let it drop exactly exactly you know like i said there are twenty thousand of us in the in the the tea farms in the military there are a couple of thousand of fucking world marines there are maybe a thousand sf guys okay and i'm not saying it's just relevant to infantry it's relevant to the, the wider army but we're not talking big numbers of people okay if we can test for Corona, 100,000 people, if you believe that, a day. I'm pretty sure that we can test 80,000 people in the British Army, okay? It's going to prolong them. It's going to keep the corporate fucking knowledge. They're not going to leave. They're not going to go and kill themselves. They're not going to go and drink themselves into fucking, like, 
mass meltdown, okay, where they become utterly useless. We are a finite resource. We cost money to trade, okay? With just a little bit more money, and I mean a little bit more money, like a couple of quid, that resource would suddenly give you another 10 or 15 years, okay? And that's the way, as an organization, we need to, we need to think. Yeah. And we should be holding the organization and the medical community that serves it, whether it's the NHS, whether it's the unit doctor, Guys, you fucking serve us, okay? We serve you. You go to places, we do horrible shit, we live in horrible places. You don't whinge about that. All we're asking is for you to fucking look at our bloods and see what our baseline is and make sure that everything's just there. And if it's not there, manage it for us. Don't fucking kick us out, okay? When things start going peep Tom. Um, what else? Um, I, I don't want to go down the... Yeah, let's skip the third alternative. Too, 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 too much because it's. You know, we, we could go down a really, really bad rabbit hole, and I don't want people doing that. Um, the other thing that has helped for me is diet, okay? And this is a thing that is totally under our control. So, omega 3s, massive anti inflammatories, okay? Lots of good research and lots of good research done by the US Army by guys in the Army on large numbers of infantry guys on the positive effects and the way that it was a neuroprotective, okay? And the guys can, can Google it. They can Google Julian Bales, who's worked with the NFL and Omega-3s. Um, they can Google Michael Lewis, okay? His book, When Brains Collide, on Amazon, okay? And maybe you put the link up uh, and guys can go and get it. It's like eight bucks or something, super easy to read. It's good for you. It's good for your fucking kids. Your kids take a knock you know, on the, on the school playground, get them on some omega-3s. And it's all in the book, where to get it from, protocols. It gives you everything, word for word, super simply. So get on that. And I found the keto diet, the carnival diet, really useful. When I eat a lot of sugar, I get a little bit more brain fog, get a little bit hazy, get that sort of drunken feeling again. Yeah. When I'm eating protein and fat, okay? Yeah, like a nice big tomahawk fucking steak or big ribeye or something like that. I feel really energized, really positive. You know, I've got a lot of get-go. And when I go to the gym, dude, I'm like, I'm good to go. I'm not, I'm not getting tired. There's no sugar. So again, no, you know, these, those type of diets at the minute, keto and um, carnivores. Carnivore, yeah. A lot of traction with that. Yeah. So, uh, hey, you know, um, I'm just doing what works for me. And sure, I still have a chocolate. I still have a coffee. I still have a biscuit. But I've definitely cut down on what I used to have and, you know, put in lots more meat, organs, liver, kidneys, heart, etc. Yeah. I've seen some benefits there. Um, awesome. You, know, you, you talked about Joe Rogan and, and Dr. Rhonda Patrick talking about vitamin D. Again, maybe you put the link up for the guys. You know, that's a whole podcast all by itself. But the bottom line is, you know, it's also a hormone and it's fucking essential in that cascade. So get some, okay? Get some, get in the sun. If you're deficient in it, get some inside you. You know, ask the doctor for an injection. Go to Holland and Barrett. You know, get a good brand. Um, take some. Um, you were saying that the the vitamin D is a massive, massive anti-inflammatory, and it just does wonders for your body. And it's like it's almost. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's it's just something that we're we're deficient because we spend spend so much time inside, um, and the the body needs it. Yeah. Everybody's worried about skin cancer and like suntan lotion. 
guys, just get outside, get some sun on your face, get some sun on your arms. If you're white as fuck, just slowly tan. Don't like go and spend five hours, but spend five minutes and build it up. Um, you'll feel better for it, uh, 100%. And these are all things that are under our control. And maybe it's, you know, guys are thinking like, Halliday's lost the plot. This is like a little bit pseudoscience. It's no. not. Go and listen to the go to the go and listen to the people who are doing real research in it. Okay, there's a guy at Stanford um, called uh, Andrew Huberman. He's the professor of neuroscience, and he's publishing a lot of stuff at the moment. You know, this is the guy who's top of the tree in the world, and he's talking about the importance of sunrise, sunset, sun, because it um, it sets off a number of different processes and cascades that help our endocrine system okay he's not working too much in tbi he's just saying in general okay when you're a healthy person this is why it helps okay and um you know he's on instagram guys just look andrew huberman or huberman lab mm -hmm. um and you know he's he's uh, I'll, I'll send you the, the link a little bit later uh, but these people are out there and they're doing the research okay? and we've just got to listen and we've got to we've got to take some responsibility on our shoulders and we've got to be willing to go down a few wrong roads okay the wrong paths okay but we've also got to embrace some of the ancient wisdom and i think that a lot of this or what i'm talking about is actually embracing the ancient wisdom and it's moving away from the Big Pharma, this pill will solve everything. It fucking won't and it'll make it a little bit worse. Now, there may be people who've done well on antidepressants and, and kudos to you. Um, I've never heard of one. But, but, I, but I haven't heard. I've never heard of one. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, there we go, dude. Um, you know, that's kind of my, my dip, my bit on TBI. We'll have a lot of resources that we'll put at the bottom of the, the podcast for guys to, to go and have a look at to to read up on um what i'd say i just say right now just educate yourself if you are dealing with issues like this um it's a simple fucking google search google tbi google tbi sy uh, symptoms google um just all these sort of things if you're struggling with something and you know something's not going right just do your own education, try and figure out what it might be. Look up some podcasts. I mean, there's literally people talking for hours and hours and hours about there's a specific podcast for every single thing right now, which is I'm not going to give you all the statistics, but there are 400 people admitted to hospitals in the UK every single day for a traumatic brain injury. Now just think about that <laughs> for a second. That's a lot. Okay, so yeah, in closing from my side to, to any of the guys that I served with or to any other soldiers, if, if they want to reach out, if they want to talk to me, and if they want to ask me, I'm not a doctor, but I can share experiences or I can push them in the right direction. I know that you'll put up you know, the Instagram feed um, and you can get in contact like that. And you know, I, I just say, you know, thanks to the guys for listening. I hope they enjoyed the, the dits and hopefully the the intro to TBI has been informative to them. You know, maybe in the future we'll do another one, we'll get some other people involved yeah. and kind of grow it or progress it. But um, just to the guys, um, you know, if they, if they want to link in with me and ask questions, etc., I might be able to push them in the right direction. I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming to be that. Um,
but I can I can give them a solid dose of the last two and a half years of experience yeah. so that maybe they avoid some of the unpleasantness of, of that. So, uh, you know, that's really just, yeah. we, we spoke for, oh, I, I, yeah. We spoke for two hours over uh, over two hours uh, on us, you know, on yourself and the subject, and I don't I don't think there's many people like putting that much time and effort. You know, the amount of research that you've done on your own side and passed over to me, the amount of research I've done just briefly just to get this up and running and be able to you know make it make it flow and make it work. There's not many people out there that's doing it, doing this right now. So for for you to um, help out like this in general is you know phenomenal effort on on, on your part and your openness, hey, hey. To, your openness to get get people involved and help people has been awesome I'm no, the, no, no, I'll, no. I'll pass on anyone that comes to me that's got any sort of problems or wants to find out any more information i'll put all the links in the bottom of the the video in the description and i'll um give give them your instagram handle they can go and find your um emerald 22 alpha on instagram and if you, you know, I'm sure you won't mind people dropping your DM or whatever if there's any sort of issues whatsoever. You know. Go crazy, guys! And um, you know, uh, you know, I appreciate that, and, and it's great to hear that. And I thank you for that. But this is absolutely, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's nice to be in a position to be able to help people. And uh, from the guys who, who know me, um, hopefully, I was always the guy who tried to help them out or, or went the extra mile. And I'm that same person taking a couple of fucking dings, um, but, uh, but there's still a little bit of fight there. And, um, you know, let's make this the start, not the end. Um, there's a big path ahead for a number of different reasons, you know, whether we keep in touch going forward, whether it's business, whether it's TBI, whether it's just friendship, et cetera, et cetera. I really believe that building that veteran community, that veteran circle, for all sorts of different reasons is is really key the americans are very good at it okay we are catching up slowly yeah. but we can afford to accelerate it a little bit because we've got a lot of guys who the public don't realize have actually been fighting a shitload okay and whether it's the camaraderie whether it's the brotherhood whether it's the injuries that come with that um you know they've got a, they've got a really hardened crop of guys and uh, we need to look out for each other. So, yeah, so, get in touch and help where I can. Thanks very much, my man. I, awesome. I really appreciate it. Absolutely phenomenal <laughs> talking to you, and I appreciate you fucking spending the time to <clears throat> sit down with me and you know help me out as well. No, 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 uh, absolutely. And uh, we'll talk offline. You know, if you've got specific personal stuff, but um, yeah, let's just make it happen. And let's make it happen for our guys. That, that's the main thing. Awesome, mate. Well, I'll give you all the details and stuff of this, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and put as much links and all uh, uh, in the description and as much information down there as possible. Um, but yeah, thanks very much. Um, wish you all the best in the future, and I'll definitely keep in touch. We'll probably get get back on to talk about some other shit as well. You know, I, I know you've had a fucking pretty cool life, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll see, but uh, yeah, let, let's start this conversation and then take it from there. And um, no, thank you very much. It's uh, it's good to have this. Um, the platform and uh yeah good luck to to the lead wasps as well going forward awesome uh, i think we need more of this stuff yeah and, and, and not just and I, I think also the other nice thing is that uh we've firmly broken through the fucking officer soldier barrier you know fuck it we all bleed red you know we've all been shot at we've all done the same fucking things yeah. let's get over that fucking like fence 
um, we're all human beings at the end of the day and let's just start working for each other. 100%. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, sweet man. Thanks awesome. so much, Paul. Take, Take care. care. Appreciate it. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.